You're listening to the Box Office Party. Welcome back to the Box Office Party. We are your weekly source of cinema's newest releases, box office estimates, trivia, and a whole lot of misbehavior. I am the box office geek. I'm Hammy. And I'm Angel Cake. We got a light week with only one new release from some guy named Liam Neeson. But before we spend what will likely be about three minutes on that, Hammy's going to update us on the latest movie news. Yeah, so summer blockbuster season is upon us, and I don't know if it's what it used to be, but we do have a few you know really big movies coming out. Forbes released uh, an article that kind of had their predictions and a little bit of a rundown for for the movies. Uh, I just want to give you share with the top seven with you. Those are the only I don't know why they decided to do seven, but they stopped at seven because uh, there are some standouts here. All right, number one, they have not Doctor Strange. They have Jurassic World three coming in at four hundred million. What was the uh, what's the tagline to not tagline, but the the title to three? Not Dominion, but I think it is Dominion, isn't it? It is. What was the last one? Fallen Kingdom. Oh, yeah. that's right. So it is Dominion. Okay, number two, Doctor Strange three fifty, Thor and Love and Thunder at three three twenty five, Nope at four with one seventy five. Minions at five at one sixty five. Here's the crazy one: Lightyear at six with one fifty five, and Top Gun no at seven at one twenty five. Where are they right? Where are they wrong? We've talked about it a little bit before. What do you guys have as like the top three? Uh, Doctor Strange is my number one, and I do believe what I do. Uh, I have Jurassic World three as my number two. Lightyear. They're really. I don't know what they're thinking on that. Lightyear's a big one right there. It's insane. Yeah, uh, I think they're. I think they're underscoring Thor. Everybody loves Thor. Is like everybody's favorite Avenger right now. I agree. So I, I'm. I'm really surprised by this. Do they not listen to our show? Is that... Um, I don't know if they listen to anything. The guy who wrote it at the bottom is like, I'm so and so. I have 30 years of box office experience, and I was like, you mean you've been going to the movies and you're 30 years old? Like, because. The light year one's is this pretty Scott bad. Mendelson? Say what? <laughs> is this Scott Mendelson? I don't know. Who's that? He's one of their writers. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Let me go look. It is Scott Mendelson. Yeah, there you go. Geek, good job. I actually have I think they locked in the top 3 uh pretty correctly. I after thinking about it for some time, I do think that Jurassic World because they're naming it the um the final in the Jurassic Park saga and that the the original cast is coming back or some of them are coming back i do think that it can get to number 1 but i think that they're drastically underselling thor who not only is being uh featured with being one of the biggest avengers but also that there's guardians of the galaxy that are going to be featured in the movie we don't know for how long but that's a huge point of like that's a huge point of sale for it um i do think that they're underselling heavily lightyear like what the heck didn't the uh, uh, Toy Story four make 140 mil in the first weekend? I think that that yeah, and it sucked. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's gonna go way up. I think if anything, Lightyear is gonna be fourth. I would love to see Nope with 175 plus million uh, and get high up on to the top, like whatever for the summer movies. But I just don't think it's gonna come over uh, Lightyear. Like not even close. Yeah, I that... think Lightyear is gonna blow it up. It's insane. Like the Sing Two in the winter just now made one sixty five. 
like you telling me that a Pixar movie and in the little write up it's like uh it's like I don't know, it's kind of a iffy iffy uh property, you know, do people even remember this weird Toy Story character? I was like, Buzz Lightyear? What? <laughs> Arguably the most popular Pixar character. Yeah, yeah Uzma was like... Buzz is more popular than, like, most Disney characters. I'm gonna call this guy. Yeah, home. Uzma was like, he does know this is Lightyear and not Ham the Pig who is also a bank. <laughs> like, that's not the movie. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, awesome. it's not like Slinky Dog is yeah. getting his own movie. This is Lightyear. Like, yeah. the, oh my gosh, what? <laughs> The only thing I can think of is that the 155, they messed up and they did opening weekend for Lightyear and for everything else they did full run. Because that's not even 100%. out of the question at yeah. all. 155, like that that's possible. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I don't know, you what... know what. I might I might agree with Jurassic World Dominion being number one if Rex from Toy Story was in it. <laughs> then that, then that, it's, it's over. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty sold on Doctor Strange being number one. I, I just think it's got that kind of the no way home thing going for it. I, I think you could make a good argument for Thor and for Jurassic World. I, I wouldn't like think that's crazy. Those are probably the top three. Nope, that's exactly what Us made, 175. So I think that's, you know, in the ballpark. I wouldn't have guessed quite that high. But don't forget that Minions, the last Minions movie, made $350 million, So don't sleep on that one either. And yeah, Top Gun at 125. Who knows? But that seems ambitious at this point. Optimistic. But I... I do want to throw this out there. We still have to make a bet for minions from hearkening back to the episode that we did for the previews for 2022 previews. I talked about minions being crappy and both of you guys saying minions is being good. So if we can come up with a bet, I will bet minions is not that great or does not doesn't do well in the movies. Speaking of bets to own up to mine, I was, I had Morbius against your uh, Sonic and, I forget what you have uncharted. So I lost that terribly. So at some point I have to watch a movie of y'all's choosing, uh, unless Morbius (laughs) makes a great comeback here. And then, all right. Uh, another big movie coming out, not as big. And I think it's this fall, but, uh, Expendables four is coming out and it released a bunch of promotional material. Uh, it's got the cast. It's got Stallone, Statham, 50 cent, Megan Fox, Dolph Lundgren, among a few others, but I want to focus on the tagline. The tagline is, they'll die when they're dead. <laughs> and it's written really huge across the poster. Uh, what do you guys think of this tagline? Is it is it good? Is it bad? Is it clever? Is it lazy? And are you at all in, interested in Expendables 4? I was actually surprised to see that this movie's supposed to be coming out this year. Yeah. I was like, this year? I, I checked out the, <laughs> are you sure? the poster <laughs> yeah. that the guy took, because uh, I found it on a website, and the guy took a picture at one of his movie theaters. And I was just like, when is this supposed to come out? And yeah, for everything that it says, 2022, I I can't believe it. I'm surprised this isn't going to a straight streaming service like Netflix or HBO Max or something to that effect. Hulu. Spike Plus. <laughs> Spike yeah, TV exactly. Plus. FX. Um, but... I'm excited for it. I think the tagline doesn't need to be clever. I just think they wanted dying dead in there, and they'll just like, we'll just throw this out there. Who cares what the tagline is as long as we get a good cast? And they have a good amount of people coming back. They have a good amount of people that are new that are coming in that have great resumes and action resumes, but... Uh, it's. I'm not looking. I'm not looking at this movie to make it good. I just want to see explosions, and I want to see Sylvester Stallone like running because that's like the funniest thing to me is just watching this giant man run when I know he doesn't do any cardio <laughs> in his uh, spare time. 
He had dead cardio since Rocky Three. Uh, the, the, they'll die when they're dead. That reminds me of a Mitch Hedberg joke, where he said he's like, "I was uh, I saw a uh, commercial for a boxing match, and they said it's a fight to the finish." And I said that's a good place to stop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I'm gonna make a theory about this. If you look at that that movie theater uh, uh, poster thing that they have, Statham's got the top billing, and Stallone has an and and Sylvester Stallone. Dude, Stallone's dying in this one. Ooh, maybe. Stallone's straight up dying in this one. Could be. I mean, could be. No, it's. It, it, listen, it, it's happening. Uh, otherwise, he'd have top billing. All right, I'll make the and, bet with Drew and Minions in this that Stallone will not die in the uh, in this one, and maybe I can get back my Morbius. Terrible you're saying movie. the same thing in uh, about Creed three. You can, Stallone can't die in every single movie, geek. <laughs> I didn't say that about I was I didn't say that about Creed three. I'm mad that he's not even in Creed three. That but people were saying that about Creed three, not you. Oh, they're wrong. Yeah. Oh, you can't kill Rocky. Listen, I will. That's I, that's basically what he said. He's like, uh, I can't kill Rocky, guys. Yeah, I will snap my computer in half if you kill Rocky. I mean, it's gonna die eventually, but <laughs> not yet. Yeah, I actually really like the tagline. I think it's cheeky and and mm-hmm. bad in a good way. Uh, and I, I don't really care about the Expendables franchise, but more power to him, and more power to him for moving up because everything else is canceling. It's probably going to be the only movie in the month of October or something. It's going to make hundred million dollars. All right, next up, J.J. Abrams' company, Bad Robot, is making a Hot Wheels movie. Uh, you know, like the toy cars. Kind of an aside here. So my car is a 2011 Chevy Cruze. If it was a character in the movie, who would voice my 2011 Chevy Cruze? Penelope Cruz. That's actually what I call my car. I call it Penelope. Penelope. Yeah, <laughs> I do. That that would be that's a that's a huge uh, compliment to my car. Drew, anybody? That's a get. I was gonna say that it's a 2011 car, so it has to be an actor or actress that has uh, been around for a while. Chevy right. Cruz. When I was looking at the uh, the the pictures, it seems like a reliable car that will help get you to where it needs to be. It's nothing fancy, but it'll. It'll do the job. So I thought esteemed character actress Margot Martindale would be a great Yay. voice uh, voice for your car. Wow, I'm this is great news for me and my car. I was I was setting myself up for failure here, but you guys give nice answers. I was thinking, uh, yeah, like like Drew said, reliable. Uh, you know, maybe not what it used to be, but it gets the job done. I was thinking Kevin James uh, would be somewhere along there. <laughs> Paul Blart it down the yeah, road. Yeah, Paul Blart. <laughs> But uh, I'll take either Margot or Penelope, uh, definitely. All right, uh, uh, this is a personal fun one for me. So, uh, you know, that there's that TV show or series, limited series or something, First Lady, uh, and uh, Viola Davis is portraying Michelle Obama in it. She actually got some kind of mixed to even really negative reviews of her portrayal. And then she responded to them by saying, quote, critics serve absolutely no purpose. Uh, because she said that she doesn't care for critics and she wished they didn't exist at all. Is this sour grapes or does she have a point here, Geek? I don't agree with that at all. I, I think I've I've gone on record saying many times that Roger Ebert was my hero. I learned so much about film and storytelling and what's good and what's bad simply by reading his reviews, reading his books, and watching his watching um uh his his show with with Siskel. So like I. I really take offense to that statement. <laughs> Drew? Yeah. I saw on um, TMZ that they, they made 
this announcement that uh, and played the clip of her saying it. And to, to me, I always think of like the circumstances. And would she say it if it was the opposite, if everybody was saying how great it was? And I just think in this particular case, I think she's just frustrated with how much critique she's getting from not only critics, but everybody. I mean, I've heard from multiple sources, not even critics, saying that they did not care for her portrayal of Michelle Obama. So um, I do think that this is uh, is frustrating for her and that she's annoyed with all the critiques because I think she... I feel like, because I've seen the, some clips from the show, I feel like she goes out there and she feels like she did the research. She thinks that she knocked it out of the park when, uh, when in hindsight, I don't think she did it at all. She didn't do a good job at all uh, <laughs> with her portrayal or her mannerisms as Michelle Obama. So um, I, I do think that this could be <laughs> this could be sour grapes. All right, y'all remember a couple years ago when they had that that sound clip where it was like Yanny or Laurel, that kind of thing, or the the dress. Okay, so when oh, it was right. Yanny or Laurel, yeah. Viola Davis heard Viola Davis. She didn't hear either one of those. She's, <laughs> I think Viola Davis is very conceited. I think she's a terrific actress, and I think she probably yeah. mixed, the, mixed the mark a little bit on this one, and it's 100% sour grapes, because if you didn't like critics, then why are you crying when you get your Oscar? Uh, you obviously Th- that, I was just going to say that. Then then you shouldn't get you shouldn't get awards, because that's essentially people critiquing your work Yeah, in a positive way. I, compl- yeah. I, I will give her a pass and say she's just a little frustrated here, but uh, and she is a good actress, and but I, I she does get on my nerves sometimes. Um, and to Geek's point, I, I definitely think... I, I think that sometimes critics can be we rely on them too much but a, a good critic whether you agree with them or disagree with them can shed a lot of light on a movie and uh or you know anything and i yeah. you know that yeah that's that's really kind of a thoughtless thing to say i think uh but that's okay i'm not gonna watch it anyway all right last up another favorite of mine rachel zegler from uh west side story slash let me in the oscars fame um she's in shazam <laughs> 2 and she has exclaimed that it's quote a cinematic masterpiece that subverts every expectation of the superhero genre. Is this overkill? Is uh, you know, is this another situation where we're we're whatever? Is it overkill? And is there a movie these days that doesn't claim to subvert the genre or subvert your expectations? I feel like that's the the go to thing now. Well, I think for superhero movies in particular, they have to say something that makes it stand out that's because of. How this is like, we're getting super saturated over the superhero genre. So whatever super movie heroes, whatever superhero movies come uh, from in the movies, they have to do something different or something changing or it's just going to be the same old, same old. And pretty much everything is the same old, same old. Like we've seen every single iteration that we can get. I mean, there was that movie Brightburn. That was a horror movie, but what if Superman was bad as a kid instead of good? And then there's that Firestarter movie that's coming out as well. Um, that's somewhat the same thing, but I mean, I'm not looking. I'm not looking at like Shazam two as like, oh, I'm looking for. I don't. I don't expect it to be anything but like Shazam one and all the other fifteen hundred superhero movies that we've been getting. Maybe it's a little bit goofy. Maybe it's a little bit different for DC EU, but. I don't think it's subverting anything. Actually, the funny thing is, like she she wasn't originally in the cast. She she sent out a passive aggressive tweet. And that's how <laughs> she got cast in the movie. Um, so no, not, not every movie does try to subvert the genre. A lot do. Uh, a little movie that didn't that was exactly what you expected it to be was a little movie called Sing Two, Our Good Friend. Yeah, and it did perfectly fine. Now, yeah, I, I and, and Drew's got a great point in regards to superhero movies. Remember. 
when Captain Marvel was being released and Kevin Feige said, like, you've never seen a superhero movie like this. And then we saw it, we're like, yeah, that was Thor. <laughs> That was that was the exact same movie as Thor. So they just say these things to try to build up hype. You know, I mean, I'm going to see the crap out of this movie. I know, Hammy, you didn't really like Shazam. I loved it. So I, I was going to see this anyway. I don't need this 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 young lady telling me this stuff because now it's like kind of pushing me away. So yeah, yeah, um, I, I think it is slightly off putting. The weird thing to me is that Shazam won outside of me. Most people loved it, and it got you know really good reviews. So it makes it seem like. It's like, forget Shazam 1, you know, we'll sweep that under the rug, even though it's got like a 90 on Rotten Tomatoes and made a lot of money. Yeah. So that part is kind of weird, but I, I'll probably see Shazam too. If, as long as, my only thing with Shazam, and I'll say it one more time for, and never say it again, is that the kid was a downer and Zachary Levi was a fun time when he was an adult. He, they just didn't match. That's, that's, that, that was my biggest thing with it. It just didn't match. Hey, wouldn't you be if you could fly and you were like, you had super strength and you had all these powers? Wouldn't you be in a better mood? You're right. I'm wrong. I, I like Shazam now. <laughs> right, that's the news. <laughs> all right. Let's recap this whole weekend. All right. The bad guys done did good and earned a great, a great 23.9 million over its opening weekend. Family films. They're doing wonderfully at the box office right now. Let's all cement that into our heads. And in fact... Looky here, more proof. Sonic 2 only dropped 47% and earned another $15.6 million in its second weekend while facing direct competition from the bad guys. So plenty of money to go around, except for Fantastic Beasts. It doesn't, it doesn't know where the money is nor how to find it. It dropped a brutal 67% and earned $14 million in its third weekend. Now, let me be clear. That's, that's a disappointment for this movie. Other movies would love to make this uh, Morbius would love to make 14 million right now but it, it's clearly matter a matter of either people just don't want to see it or or they've heard mediocre reviews and they're just going to wait for HBO Max like me since that's right around the corner the northman brought in an excellent 12.2 million all those fortniters really came out to support <laughs> and even though massive talent is an unbearable weight nick cage still found enough strength to pick up and carry $7.1 million over its opening weekend. I would have loved for that movie to have made more. Uh, so, yeah, But still, for both Northman and Massive Weight, those are great numbers for such niche films. Salute, guys. Yeah, really, really good job over the weekend. Yeah, let's get some good legs on those movies. Uh, speaking of niche films, Everything Everywhere only dropped 12%. It multiversed another $5.4 million, bringing its domestic total to $26 million. It cleared its budget. It needs another $24 million to break even, but I, I'm with international and everything, I think it's going to have no problem breaking even. That's going to be great. And then, uh, so let's go move on to this week's Guess the Budget. All right, let's, uh, let's kick it while it's down. Guys, how much did Fantastic Beast 3 cost to make? Ooh. 175 million? Uh, yeah, 150. 200 million. Dang. It has made 67 million domestically. And 213 internationally, it's at a total of 280 million worldwide. It needs at least 500 million worldwide to make a profit. So that's those poor guys. Make a good movie. Just make a good movie. Uh, This week's discussion topic brings us back to the niche films that we love so much. They're doing well. They're doing really well right now. Guys, what changed? Are more are people more embraceive? of original and daring content or are people just so eager to get back to the box office that they're just more likely to give a chance on something a little bit more out of their wheelhouse what do you think hammy i think northman in particular just kind of hits a a little bit of a demographic it, it piqued people's interest a little bit more i, I don't think and it in, in for its budget i mean even though 
12 13 million dollars is, is pretty good for this type of movie for its budget it's not super great um so it's oh, it's not at all it's not a like runaway success um i don't think anything's changed really i think that these two movies happen to be very good and that's that's the biggest thing uh if you have ones that are mediocre i think they do pretty poorly sure i think it's people wanting to go back out to the theaters giving stuff a chance but also i think it's the level of competition that's out there i mean every day i feel like a new movie is either pushed back or being removed from the list entirely or trying to find a a different time slot in a different year and i just think that as we're slowly kind of getting momentum in the box office i think that possibly that the competition is a little bit lower than it has been in the previous couple of years and that some of these movies that are out there are kind of getting a little bit more of an opening for a new audience and people that may not have went to go see these movies when there were more of like three sonics in the theaters as well as um some more liam neeson movies so i think that that could be a that could be playing a factor as well we talked about the box office being, you know, back to being healthy, and that and that's true for the most part. It's not quite as deep, like uh, like FML days, you know, fifteen movie slate easy. It's hard to find fifteen movies that are even going to make a million dollars right now. So the, you know, th- there aren't quite as many options like Drew was saying, and 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 these type of movies can definitely take advantage of that. That's a really good point. Like we we used to when we were playing FML with a 15 movie slate, like yeah, like there was it was more often than not that all 15 movies at least cleared a million dollars yeah. and that's that's a really good uh discussion point that uh, are we going to see that this summer it, like that's when we know the box office is going and it is healthy it's it's no longer on life support it's you know it's walking around it's doing its thing but it's going to start running pretty yeah. soon and i don't know if that some of that might have to do with streaming too i don't i don't know yes. i don't know if we'll ever see that quite the same again maybe we will maybe we won't i don't think this summer we will no i don't think so either um and I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with yeah, not keep, keeping an eye on 15 movies. I'd rather we like. Sol- this is like the older days of cinema, where like, uh, where the blockbusters was uh, because the movie theater only showed one movie. Yeah, and you had to wait in line. And I've always kind of like lamented that I kind of missed that to a weird. Like I miss waiting in line to see a movie at like a midnight show. Mm-hmm. And now you don't have to anymore because because you're buying tickets in advance. And we're not going back to that. But it is kind of cool how it's a little bit more focused now, and, and that allows us to to get more niche films in there and give them a chance. That's awesome. And to bring up what Hammock was just talking about with streaming, uh, they're doing the CinemaCon 2022, which I guess is like cinema and and streaming and stuff. And um, Cinemark CEO Sean uh, Gamble uh, was saying that he was talking to various streamers and wanting to work with them and value of theatrical exclusivity. Um, And this is on pro box office, uh, pro box offices, uh, an article on pro box office so i mean it sounds like they're not even like worried about the streaming services it's like they want to work with them so maybe we'll be seeing this like maybe hbo max hit a hit a thing a new trend with having the box office have the 45 days exclusivity and then boom we're going to be having the rights on this streaming service or paramount plus having this and that and so maybe that's just the new way of of everything going yeah and batman just broke their record for a streaming movie so it obviously worked that that's a great point i think that is going to be the new normal yeah and in fact yeah and, and warner brothers who like uh, movie distributors were pissed at warner brothers in 2021 like they, they were livid because everything was direct to hbo max same day and 
uh, now that they're doing the 45 window, like all the distributors, like they, they're, they're back in good graces with, with Warner brothers, uh, at CinemaCon, they released footage of, uh, of the flash and, uh, they were putting Michael Keaton front and center, but like the, the distributors were very excited about that. Like that was the one movie they're like the most excited about so far. God, I hope we can go to CinemaCon one day. <laughs> That'd be awesome. All right. Um, and I was talking about niche movies. Well, no, let's talk about one more niche movie. Drew, what do we got opening this weekend? <laughs> Liam Neeson. <laughs> Who's ready for, like, less than a page of research for this new movie coming out (laughs) this weekend? The only new release and wide release this weekend is the only new movie brave enough to come out right before Doctor Strange 2, and that is Liam Neeson's Memory. Liam Neeson plays Alex Lewis, an expert assassin, shocker there, who is built for revenge, but with a faltering memory, he has to force his every action, blurring the line between right and wrong. Yes, I took that straight off of Rotten Tomatoes because I couldn't even bother. Uh, (laughs) Memory was written by Martin Campbell, who directed such films as The Legend of Zorro, Edge of Darkness, The Protégé, Casino Royale, and Green Lantern, just to name a few. Memory is rated R, nearly two hours long. Pro Box Office has this premiering between 1.5 million to 5 million in an estimated... 2,555 theaters this weekend. They just came out with their uh, weekend predictions, and they have it coming in at 3.5 million in 2,555 theaters. That is the most detailed theater count that I've ever seen Pro Box Office give. Um, When taking a look at comps, I looked at Martin Campbell's first movie that I mentioned, which was Protégé, which opened to 2.9 million in over 2,500 theaters in August of 2021. Then taking a look at some of the Liam Neeson's more recent films, you have The Marksman, which opened to 3.1 million in over 1,900 theaters in January of 2021. That was PG-13. Then you have Blacklight, which opened to 3.5 million in over 2,700 theaters in February of 2022. Also remember, that one is PG-13 as well. This is giving me Blacklight vibes. As another Liam Neeson action movie that's being dumped in a sort of a quiet weekend to see how much money they can get before being launched into obscurity. And they didn't care about sinking any more money into trying to advertise this movie since they are trying to save every penny with this movie because the studio knows full well that it's a train wreck. I have this movie getting around the same as Blacklight. Um, this weekend, which is 3.5 million, I could see it doing protege numbers since that one was rated R and a Martin Campbell movie, which is 2.9 million. But right now I'll have it at 3.5. But what do you guys think? Will this movie stick with an audience or will it have them looking for their keys? So you said Blacklight made 3.502 million. So this movie I have at 3.502 million because it's Blacklight. It seems the exact same to me. No, um... I mean, honestly, I'd put it lower if it wasn't for Blacklight because I, we, you know, Blacklight kind of surprised us. Um, I will say that this one seems slightly more focused in story. Like, Blacklight, I still don't know what it's about other than it's Liam Neeson shooting. This one is Liam Neeson shooting and he's losing his memory. So there's something there. But that's counteracted by the rated R, the R rating. So I think it's going to make really similar. I, I'd probably guess lower if I had to pick out of those but uh there's nothing else out so i mean yeah that that seems about right three and a half somewhere in there yeah blacklight I, I genuinely had to hop on the numbers because for the life of me i could not remember the name of that movie i was like what was that liam neeson movie that came out like two months ago i couldn't think of it uh you know at this point liam should just start his own streaming service so his specific audience has access to his library all the time 
You know what? Take a bunch of people with you. Take Jason Statham with you. You know, have a bunch of his movies. As a matter of fact, we were talking about Expendables. I want Liam Neeson to be in an Expendables movie. But no, no, listen. No, I don't want him to be like, I want him to be the villain. Okay. I want him to be the bad guy. And uh, no, he can he can go the Nick Cage route next. He can finish this action phase he's going through. And let's just, he can start switching over to like acclaimed horror films. Yeah, do that. Not like The Haunting. That movie sucked. Uh, what movie are we talking about? Memory. Okay, so um, I also have it at 3.5 million. I would not be surprised if it was available on Tubi already. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody involved in this film that worked so hard. I'm sorry we're being so mean to it, but just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, for real. The good news is um, that critics don't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, this one reminds me so much of Blacklight to the point that I have not seen any sort of advertising for this yeah. movie at all. I don't Hardly know what any. it really could be about. Oh, yeah. and speaking of Rotten Tomatoes and critics not mattering, uh, the embargo lifted, and so we have a Rotten oh, Tomato no. score after 15 reviews. It's at 27%. That's not um, nothing. So locking it in, Blacklight got an 8%. So you know what? That's saying something, even though that's 95 reviews. So we'll check back in 80 reviews to see if uh, memory... If we remember. Alright guys, do you know what time it is? Is it party time? It is party time, but we're not going to do the Thunder yeah. Round type version today. We're going to do a little game. A game that we've done before, maybe a little bit differently. It's Rotten Tomatoes Roulette. And since Liam Neeson is our uh, only person I know that's in memory and the only movie out this week, it's going to kind of revolve around him a little bit. Um, the game itself is basically I have a whole bunch of actors and the guys are going to go head-to-head against each other and basically they're going to be randomly assigned a movie from a specific actor and they're going to hope that they get one of the actors' good movies with a good Rotten Tomatoes score uh, and they'll have a chance to earn some uh, redos or re-rolls or whatever and uh, if they don't have their th- the score that they want. Essentially... You're, there's some luck involved, there's a little bit of skill involved, and you're trying to get the overall best Rotten Tomatoes score added up. It'll make sense as we go along. But first, I need you guys to participate in a little draft here. I have ten actors from Liam Neeson's greatest movie, the greatest rom ever made, Love Actually. We do have Liam Neeson, we have Emma Thompson, Hugh Grant, Kira Knightley, Alan Rickman, Laura Linney, Bill Nighy, Shannon Elizabeth, Colin Firth, and January Jones. So those ten actors... From Love Actually, I need you each to pick five. Uh, Geek, you can go first. It really doesn't matter that much. I, the way that the the scores are weighted, they're all their average Rotten Tomatoes score. The movies I picked are all very similar, so uh, it's more of a just personal preference here. So, Geek, who do you want first? Uh, yeah, give me Alan Rickman. There you go, Drew. I guess I'll take Liam Neeson. All right, Geek. Emma Thompson. Drew. Kira Knightley. That is what she sounds like. Geek. Laura Linney. Laura Linney. The lone American there. Oh, Shannon Elizabeth. And January Jones. Never mind. All right. Drew. I'll take January Jones. Why? <laughs> because she only has like five movies, so it's less to worry about. Uh, geek. Yeah, give me uh, Bill Nighy. Drew. Science guy. Can you grant me Hugh Grant? I can. And... Drew, I'll let you pick the last one, and Geek will get stuck with it since he got first pick. 
Uh, okay, so I'll take Firth. No! Alright, so Shannon Elizabeth for Geek there. Alright, so you each have five, and here, here's how it goes. Uh, we're going to start off with Liam Neeson. and So I have ten movies here from Liam Neeson, ranging from really good to really bad. And obviously you want the really good Rotten Tomatoes score, so you know if you're thinking of like Emma Stone, for instance, you're going to hope you land on La La Land and not like Gangster Squad, right? But before we get into each category, I have two memory movie questions for you. So you can earn up to two re-rolls. So you can have up to th three goes, I guess, per person. The first one's a little bit easier than the second one, but uh, we'll just get right into it. I'm going to give you a an actor. You have to tell me a, the movie where their character lost their memory. All right, Geek, you ready? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, sorry, it's Drew, because Liam Neeson's Drew. Drew, are you ready? Uh, yes. Matt Damon, what movie did his character lose his movie, his memory? Born Identity. There you go. And second one, Nicole Kidman, what movie did she lose her memory? The second one's considerably harder than the first one in each of these cases. I wanted to say the Lucille Ball one, but that's not, that's not right. Um, I'm going to say Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, it's before I go to sleep, which is really hard. So yeah. you get one re-roll here, but let's go ahead and use your first roll. You might not even need a re-roll. Uh, roll your dice here and tell me one to ten what you get. I got a two. You got a two. That is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the first Narnia movie. Is that something you're comfortable staying with, or do you want to re-roll? I feel like Liam Neeson has a lot of garbage movies. <laughs> that could be really scary. So I'm going to stick with it. That's probably a good idea. 76%. Not bad at all. It was one of the higher ones on here. You could have got like Schindler's List or Lego Movie or Batman Begins. But I think it's the it's the fourth highest. So probably a good idea there. So right now, Drew, your score is 76. Geek. Yeah. We're moving over to Alan Rickman. Uh, let's see if you can get some rerolls first. In what movie did Ellen DeGeneres lose her memory? Mr. Wrong. <laughs> did she? No, 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 that was... The, <laughs> I was like, maybe. No. <laughs> it's not what I was thinking. Oh, Finding Dory. No. Yeah, Finding Nemo, <laughs> Finding Dory. Uh, and how about Meg Ryan? It's not Prelude to a Kiss. It's not... Oh. Is it one of her later, ed edgier movies? <laughs> it could be. Not Addicted to Love. Dang it. This, these are hard. Um, the second ones are pretty... There are only a couple I think you might actually get. I wanted to, I wanted to make the second rolls hard. I'm going to technically say Prelude to a Kiss. That's technically accurate, so I'm going to take the point. It's it's Anastasia. She was the voice of Anastasia. Oh, that's right. That's what I was looking for. Okay, so you still have one. You have one re-roll. Roll for your first Alan Rickman movie. Three. All right, you got Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Would you like to stay with that? <sighs> oh, no, I got to re-roll that because that's like 67%. You're going to re-roll? Is this? I get more. I guess I can earn more rerolls later, right? No, no. You can, not on Alan Rickman. You only get one reroll here. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, like just, I'm just making sure. I'm confirming. Yeah. Okay, good. Because Prince of Thieves is 51, so not great. Yeah. Go ahead. You're stuck with whatever you get here, though. One. One. Alice in Wonderland is a 51, also. So. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Still, the, the average, the basically the average for everybody on here is right around 60, so that's not, like, super terrible. So, uh, right now, we got Drew at 76 and Geek at 51. Drew, Kira Knightley, here is your question. 
Drew Barrymore. What movie does she lose her memory in? Oh, come on. Fifty first dates. The first ones are pretty easy. Alright, second, Rufus Sewell. What did he lose his memory in? Uh, when I know that one. I was going to say, when you, Geek might know this one. I was about to say, when you give me a real actor and not a made-up word that you just made. <laughs> um, no, he's awesome. Yeah, okay. I haven't heard about him, but okay. Um, that is a trick question. It is also 50 First Dates. <laughs> what is it, Geek? It's Dark City, directed by Alex Proyas. It was the follow-up to The Crow. It is Dark City, yeah. I was so... It would have been helpful if, if Geek had picked Kira Knightley. You could have just said Dark City Geek. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Pick it up. Don't bully me. <laughs> All right. Uh, first roll here, Drew. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a roll. Uh, seven. Seven. Oh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Imitation game. Oh, man. Is that good? I don't know. This is part of the okay. skill. Oh, well, Geek just gave me a gave me a face. I'm going to keep it. Good keep, Drew. That is her highest movie, 89%. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say it's like 87, 89, yeah. I, I forgot when you said Imitation Game, I could have gotten like 50 other Adam Sandler movies that she was in. <laughs> Adam Sandler? Oh, that's Kira, that's Kira Knightley. I'm sorry. I thought Drew Barrymore. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I was, I it's the, the one with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. All right, Emma Thompson. Geek, here are your two questions. Uh, this one you might get them both. All right, Brie Larson. What did she lose her memory in? Did she lose her memory in Captain Marvel? She did lose her memory in Captain Marvel. Good. And Julianne Moore. Doesn't think Lebowski. Uh... Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's the movie where she's suffering with. Uh, is it Alice? No, it's something like that. It's it's the name of the character where she's suffering from Alzheimer's. It's close. I am. Is it like I am something? Is that her name? Not like I am Sam, but like it's something like that. All right, it's still Alice. Um, I, I count it. I'm gonna count it because no, otherwise y'all might what? not get one. I, I, he knew what he he knew the movie. It's the one she wanted. I am and, and, Alice to still Alice. Get out of here. I didn't. I, I, I said still Alice. State of beings with Alice. Uh, okay, I'm gonna give it to you, and you're behind gig. So roll away. Mm-hmm. Favoritism. This is for Emma. Yeah. Five. Five. Junior. The old... Uh, oh, no. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito? <laughs> no, that's uh, Twins. It's also Junior. Wait, is Danny DeVito in that one? Yes. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay, but yes, that one. So, you want to roll yeah, again? No, not at all. No, I'm absolutely re-rolling. Yeah, that, that one's 38. Not very good. Yeah, I was going to say I was going to say 37. I'm, I'm really good at this. Okay. I hope you get, like, Men in Black International. <laughs> Three. Three, Cruella. Yay, there we go. You gonna stick with Cruella? I'll keep it. Alright, cool. So the the other role is moot. Cruella got a seventy four. Pretty good. Yeah. I actually I kinda enjoyed Cruella. I thought it was a little bit under the radar last year. I, I was happy with it. Alright, uh Drew, January Jones. <laughs> We're testing the Drew. knowledge here. Alright. Drew, in what movie did Sebastian Stan lose his memory? That is Captain America. Yeah, Winter Soldier. Any of those are fine. Uh, and <laughs> and what movie did Ilya Nashuller lose his memory? <laughs> did you sneeze while saying a name? What is that? You know Ilya Nashuller. Just try to think of a movie where somebody loses their memory. I'll even give you a hint. It's from the FML era. It was a kind of a famous FML movie. 
famous FML movie. To be fair, it might have been before you started playing. <laughs> Norm of the North. <laughs> that's that's right. It's I mean, not right. It's close because it's kind of infamous like that. It's it's hardcore Henry. Oh yeah. But you have one roll. You have one re-roll here. So two rolls total. Go go ahead. That is a one. A one. X Men First Class. Is that good? What other movies could I get? <laughs> is the question. I, I don't know tell what you I until can get. afterwards. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of like a movie that I think she like got. If Mad Men was a, a thing, maybe I would be <laughs> more excited. First Class is one of the better X Men movies. But it is an X-Men movie, nonetheless. I guess I'll re-roll. Okay, go ahead. Four. Four. So, um, X-Men First Class was her highest at 86. Dang, now yeah, I was going to say, that was pretty well received. Uh, it could have been worse. She got We Are Marshall, 48. But a little bit of a step down there. Yeah, that's her Dang. That's her highest movie, actually. But that's okay. Um, so, right now, Drew is up to 213. So, still a pretty... Pretty big lead here. Drew, Geek would need a good round from Laura Linney here to catch up. Uh, Laura Linney, Goldie Hawn. What movie did Goldie Hawn lose her memory? Geek, Overboard. Overboard. How about Olivia Cook? Remind me who that is. The she was in Ready Player One. She was the girl in Thoroughbred. That girl. Okay, I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. She had the girl with the the birthmark on her on her face. In the movie, yeah. yeah. Artemis. Oh, and and the Sound of Metal. She was the girl in Sound of Metal. Yeah, that's enough hints. It's none of those. <laughs> There's a reason I picked this one. That's the only hint I'll give you. I can't think of any other movies she's been in. Um, and I know she's been in a lot. I just like saw her get cast in something the other day. And I'm like, who's Olivia Cook? Um, Let's take a stab. I, I'm just going to say Ready Player One because I can't think of any other movies she's been in. It's Little Fish. It's that movie we kept almost watching last year during the, the pandemic, like for our re our watch thing, but we never got around to. Oh. So that was a hard one. But you do have one re-roll here, so go for your first roll. Who is this for? Laura Linney. All right, that helps. That's going to help me roll. Okay. Olivia Cook. No. Uh, five. Five. Nocturnal Animals. Ooh, I'm keeping that. That's a pretty good choice there. 74 for Nocturnal Animals. The only, what was her highest? Uh, she Truman Show was her highest in 95. She had Mystic River and Arthur Christmas too, but that was her fourth highest, so not bad at all. Laura Linney is legit. Love yeah. Laura Linney. Me too. Laura Linney, uh, 74. So after three rounds, they have two rounds left. Drew is ahead 213 to 199, so pretty close. All right, Hugh Grant, Drew. Here's your question for Hugh Grant. Guy Pierce. Uh, Memento. There you go. And <laughs> it's funny that Geek didn't get this one. Rosanna Arquette. Ah. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> it's funny because Geek definitely knows it and Drew probably doesn't. Uh, I'm going to say The Wedding Singer. <laughs> what is it, Geek? Patricia Arquette. It's Desperately Seeking Susan. It is. It was my first celebrity crush Yeah, that that's, specific movie. That's the only thing I know about that movie is is Geek's Celebrity <laughs> Crush started there. But you do have one role, uh, Drew, two total. So Hugh Grant, go for it. <laughs> um, I got zero on my dice, so I'm going to just say that's a ten. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. You got About a Boy. Ooh. 
I will keep it. That's a good keep. 90. Yeah. That's his second highest behind Paddington 2. It's a great movie. I love about I it. I gotta watch boy. Paddington. I heard that's fantastic. I finally saw Paddington 2. It was very good, but it was it was a little bit like... People think it's the best movie of all time, so it was like slightly underwhelming in that sense. It was solid, though. Mm. Like, it's, it's worth watch, for sure. All right, uh, Geek, Bill Nighy, your question, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I said that funny because I was going to do his accent, and I decided not to, and I messed up his last name because of it. But go ahead. Total Recall. Total Recall, yeah. And then Rosa Salazar. Who was that? It's another FML-era movie. Ah. I hope they have garbanzo beans. What's that movie where the guy... Is it Upgrade? Where yeah. the, that gentleman... Logan Marshall... Michael is that Green, the movie? Marshall Green? No, it's Alita Battle yeah. Angel. She was Alita. Oh. But it is... All right. That was tough. Okay, so... Let's go, Bill Nighy. Bill Nighy, two rolls. Here you go. Let me get some Shaun of the Dead here. Pirates, pirates, pirates. <laughs> no. Eight. Eight. Valkyrie. Tom Cruise movie. Now let's re-roll it. I'm probably gonna. I'm probably gonna get a. Yeah, Valkyrie 62. But at this point, movie. you need a higher one. Ten. Ten. You did get a higher one. Best exotic marigold hotel at 78. Yes. Not bad. You could have got Shaun of the Dead at 92 or uh, Constant Gardener at 83. But that was the third best mm. one. So let's see. He's such a good actor. 78. So Geek is behind by about 30. 20. No. 26 here. Geek, I'm going to let you go first then, because that means you'll almost definitely pass him. You have <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth, and I will say, at all the all the other people I was able to keep right at 60, her overall score is 54, because that's as high as I could possibly get it. Um, so, she's the worst one to get, but just barely. Um, on the other hand, if you know your American Pie movies, you're going to be very good here. Uh, Kate Winslet, first of all, is your, your first thing for the memory. Oh, it's Eternal Sunshine. All right, and this is one of the easier ones, I think. Laura Herring, but it's only... Who the hell is that? Oh, okay, never mind. It's only easy if you know who it is. <laughs> it's not easy. It's just, this is one I would have gotten. But that's just because I know, I happen to know who she is. Synecdoche, New York. That's actually <laughs> a really movies. good guess. It's Mulholland Drive. Oh, which is God, kind of like Synecdoche. <laughs> I hate Mulholland Drive. It's so, it's like the most pretentious movie. They're both. All right, so, all right, let's do this. <laughs> oh, I thought we were going to have a full rundown on Synecdoche versus <laughs> What'd you get? Uh, five for Shannon Elizabeth. Five. Jay and Silent Bob Cats? Strike Back. Well, that's probably going to be one of her higher-rated <laughs> films. <laughs> um, that would put you in the lead, at least. Well, yeah, I'm going to take sorry. it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I mean, like. What are we going to try to get Tomcats? I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it is 53. It could be worse. Um, she did have Swing Away, some movie. It's 80. She had one movie, The Crooked E, which had one review, and it was 100 because I needed it to make it under. <laughs> but yeah, That's everything awesome. else except for the Silent Jay and Bo- the, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot were below that, so probably not a bad idea. No, I'll take that back. American Pie was slightly ahead of it, too. But anyway, uh, 53, so that gives Geek 330. Drew, you just have to get a 28 or above to win here. And you have Colin Firth. In fact, Drew... Okay, we'll just leave it there. Uh, Rachel McAdams. What movie did she lose her memory in? Rachel McAdams. I will say this is probably the hardest one out of the first question ones. 
I'm getting her confused with Amy Adams now. <laughs> Rachel? My goodness. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm just now realizing I don't know that many Rachel McAdams movies. Uh, let's go About Time. It's The Vow with Channing Tatum. They were married and she oh, lost her memory. Yeah. I will say that's the hardest I... one, but it was the only other one I could think of that would work on the top level. How about Ben Affleck? Man, we are going to go to one roll for Colin Firth and the whole <laughs> game on the line. <laughs> ben Affleck with a memory loss. Man. Can we go to eye loss instead? Like sight <laughs> loss? Oh, man. Uh, Phantasm. It's a uh, paycheck. All right, Drew, so no <laughs> re-rolls on this Phantasm? one. You're thinking of phantoms. Oh. Oops. <laughs> well, it was neither of those. Okay, Drew, so the bad news is you don't have any re-rolls. The good news is there's only one movie that's under 28. Um, so I, I have where it is right now. As long as you don't roll this particular number, you're going to be fine. So go ahead. Um, in fact, here, Drew, close your eyes really quick. I'll show Geek what the number is, just so he knows I'm not cheating. All right. Okay, roll for it, Drew. Why can't I use Liam Neeson's extra roll that I didn't use? <laughs> Three. Three. Get, Drew, you got What a Girl Wants, the Amanda Bynes movie. It's not the worst one. It's not Bridget Jones and the Edge of Reason. It's 36, which means you barely win. That's his second worst movie. But it's enough to put you through. Drew wins 339 to 330. That game worked out better than I could have hoped because it was pretty close there. Way to go, Drew. Winner of close. Rotten Tomatoes Roulette. Thanks, Amanda Bynes. All right, so let's give our estimates for the weekend. Uh, it is going to be Bad Guys' second weekend. I got a 45% drop at $13.1 million. Sonic 2, I got a clean 40% drop, $9.3 million. I have Fantastic Beasts dropping another 55%, not as heavy as last weekend, but I think I got the heaviest drop out of all three of us, $6.3 million. Northman, I'm hoping that word of mouth helps it out. 48% drop, 6.3 million. Everything everywhere. Um, uh, everybody go see that movie. I've uh, like My Facebook feed has been very heavily promoting this movie, so I'm hoping, I, I think that translates to about a 4.6 million with a 15% drop. And then Massive Talent, I'm just going to do a 50% even uh, at 3.56. And then Memory... I think Massive Talent and Memory are going to duke it out for, what, one, two, three, four, five, sixth place. Uh, I have, like I said earlier, Memory at 3.5. Drew, what do you got? So with a 42% drop, I have the bad guys coming in at number one at 13.9 million. Then Sonic, I have at like just over 10 million with a 36% drop, but I'm, I'm hesitant on putting it, I'm thinking about putting it higher because I checked out my local theaters Fantastic Beast 3 is losing the IMAX theaters, and the Northman is losing its Dolby theaters, and what's going into those movie theaters is that Sonic 2 is actually gaining Dolby theaters, and everything everywhere all at once is gaining IMAX theaters, at least in my local theaters around me in Florida. I don't know if that's happening everywhere, but I think that's pretty interesting to see, so I'm actually thinking about 
bumping up my Sonic number here, but right now I have it just around $10 million with a 36% drop. Fantastic Beasts 3, because it's losing those premium pricings, I have it coming in just around $7 million, maybe just a little bit lower at 50% drop. The Northman, because it's losing its Dolby theaters, I have it coming in at a 48% drop at like $6.4 million and everything everywhere all at once. I have it coming in around 15% because it is getting those premium pricing. Massive uh, talent, I have it at 3.85 at a 46% drop because of the good word of mouth and everybody seems to enjoy it and is telling everybody about it. And memory, I have it at 3.5 million and I'm wavering. Maybe I'm, I'll put it down a little bit as the week goes on. We'll have to see what that preview number comes in at Thursday or Friday, if it's going to get a preview number. Um, but right now I have it at 3.5 mil. I have bad guys at 14 and a half, a little bit higher. That's a 40% drop, and uh, that's on the strength of there not being anything coming out this this weekend. Uh, other than so, its competition is Sonic 2, which I also have holding really well at 10 and a quarter. That's like a 35% drop. I have Fantastic Beasts at 7 and a quarter. That's a little higher than you guys, but I think that might be ignorance on my behalf there. Uh, we'll see. Northman at 6.5, which is 47% drop, which would be a pretty good hold, but it is getting really good word of mouth and stuff, so hopefully it can stay around a little, a little bit. Um, I'm fairly confident in the first four there. For fifth, I'm not as not as sure. Everything, everything is is the bet here. It's at 4.5 for me, but it, we're not 100% sure of the theater count and everything, so it's possible that massive talent or memory could beat it, but I have them both a million dollars lower at 3.5 for right now. I just want to chime in really quick. Uh, I have my favorite local theater uh, sharing the IMAX screen on one uh, half and a half. It's going to be Fantastic Beasts and everything everywhere. I actually, I could be down for going to see that again, seeing it in IMAX. I could be down for that for sure. So I, I might actually consider that this weekend. Ooh. Okay. Uh, weekend watch list. Uh, Hammy, what are you watching this weekend? Well, I forgot to put mine down, so you guys wrote memory three times down there for me, which I like. Uh, I actually haven't planned on anything, so uh, not memory. Anything but memory. I'll let you know when I see this weekend. <laughs> True. Uh, I'm going to be seeing Massive Talent or the unbearable weight of mass Massive Talent. They're calling it Massive Talent everywhere on the commercials, so I'm just going to call it Massive Talent. Um, I'm going to see that on Friday afternoon, and then the weekend's going to be pretty, uh, pretty light for me. I'm Finishing up Severance, but I'm gonna finish up that tonight. Uh, I only have one episode left, and I'm I'm loving it. So Man, I yeah, really loved the season of Severance. It was so good. It's so intriguing. Like like it's like it's just you you have like I gotta watch another one. I got I have to find out what happened. Adam Scott has had was... just a golden TV career. Like yes, he has. It's kind of crazy. Between Rec, Parks and Rec, uh, the Good Place, Party yeah, Down. Yeah. Uh, he was even Boy Meets World. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, yeah. he, I watched The Wonder Years. He so was I the didn't. bully. Yeah, he went in a very long, but he was in it. Um, speaking of Apple TV, we started watching WeWork last night. Oh, it's man. really good. Jared Leto looks crazy. Cause, not crazy, but he he looks like it, but it doesn't in, in the, the little previews. I know we give him a hard time habitually, but... You know, I, I'll never deny he's a good actor, and he's really good in this. Like, we we put it on begrudgingly because we were looking for another hour long drama to watch, and Jen and I were both just like, "This is really good." It's Anne Hathaway too, so, right? 
yeah, Anne yeah Hathaway, that gives yeah. me hope like because she's not gonna mess around with nothing that's not good um throwing this out there hulu has um a documentary of the, everything that happened with we work with the actual people and i watched it like a year ago and it's actually really really interesting if anybody uh, doesn't have apple tv plus but want to know what we work is um so i'd go over to hulu to check that out Actually, the show is called We Crashed. Uh, Jen just texted me. She's like, it's called We Crashed. I heard you talking about it. You're the name of the show. <laughs> it's called We Crashed. I knew, I knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, Uncharted is available for a rental now. I believe I may oh, watch okay. that. And I still haven't seen the, I, I still haven't seen the new Venom. Uh, so I may knock out a couple movies this weekend um, since, like, I watched did, a bunch of Did you of see X? It's week. on rent now. Oh, is it? Yeah. All right, forget it. I'm watching that. I mean, absolutely watch. Yeah, because they got they got pulled from theaters, so I'm, I'm watching that for sure. Please okay, do. Cool. I want to know what you think about X. I watched I, it, I, Drew. I, I, I'll, I'll t- Drew, I watched it before Geek. Oh, really? Are you proud of me? Nice. That's the first. I watched an A24 horror film before Geek did. I'll tell you right now, I like it. I haven't seen <laughs> it, but I'll tell you right now, it, it's good. I, I'd love to discuss it. In fact, we could do my terrible movie review on that if you want to. It's not really terrible, but... Uh... All right, uh, Hammy, where can people access on the internet? Uh, lots of places. You can unfollow us on Twitter. You can unfollow us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we actually got the YouTube channel up and running. It's just Box Office Party. Um, right now, uh, Drew hasn't touched it very much, so the, the quality of the product is a little rinky-dink, but uh, I'm trying my best, <laughs> and we'll see if we can get some even better stuff out there. But uh, I'm putting together just a... A, a bunch of kind of lists and stuff that I, I love going through, especially for music and watching videos of like the charts from different eras or different years. And that's kind of what we're, what I'm doing right now. So uh, at least go give it a, you know, like or subscribe or, you know, get it up to 10 views so I can have a double digit or, I mean, I know, you know, Drew over here with his hundred thousand view videos is laughing at me, but uh, I, I am trying. Did you say your Twitter handle? Oh, um, I'm not going to say it. I'm going to say go to the YouTube channel again, because I'd rather you do that. <laughs> all right. You can follow me on Twitter at Geek Box Office. And I'm at Drew Angelman on all social media. Friendly reminder, all of our box office research is done, even though it was very minimal this week, on TheNumbers.com. That's The-Numbers.com, where data and the movie business meet. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, and we will see you at the movies. <laughs>